Turn in your copy of Scripture to Mark chapter 4. It's 2023, and I want to let you know kind of where we're going over the next several weeks and months, Uh, not to belabor it too much, but in 2023, we're going to go through the Gospel of Mark. We've done this before. Uh, About uh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, we're going to do it again this year. Uh, Go through the Gospel of Mark. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the parables of the kingdom in Mark chapter 4. Uh, following that, we're going to go to Mark uh, chapter uh, 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 13, I believe, and, and journey toward uh, the cross and journey toward the empty tomb. Then following that, we're going to go back to the beginning of Mark's gospel, uh, and we're going to look at who Jesus is. And we'll move all the way through the gospel of Mark. At the same time, beginning this Wednesday night online at uh, 6 o'clock, Uh, We're starting an in-depth study of the Gospel of Mark. We're going to be looking at Jesus who heals, H-E-A-L-S. I know in my southern accent sometimes that gets confusing to people. Heals is H-E-A-L-S. It's also H-I-L-L-S. I'm talking about H-E-A-L-S, heals. Uh, We're looking at Jesus heals and, and the how of that and the why of that and why that matters to us today. Uh, So on Wednesday nights online, uh, we'll be looking uh, this week, uh, uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, the next week, 29 through 34, uh, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so Sunday morning, Mark's Gospel, Wednesday night online, Mark's Gospel. And uh, by the end of 2023, we'll have gone through every verse of Mark's Gospel. It's going to be a great journey together. Uh, and I hope uh, you join us in that. You can get a head start, start studying the Gospel of Mark uh, as much as you desire and can. Uh, let you know a couple other things. Uh, secondly, uh, remind you that next Sunday at 2 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a special honor, uh, time of honor and celebration for Gary Sanders. Pastor Sanders has served as uh, he's calling us right now. Pastor Sanders, that's okay. I was just joking. Uh, It's not him. Uh, Pastor Sanders has served on staff with us for more than 15 years uh, as the pastor to our military missions. And uh, uh, he, uh, at the end of this, uh, at the end of 2022, God led him to transition off our staff uh, and uh, focus on uh, the military missions network, which he founded uh, over two decades ago, and he's going to be leaning into that. Uh, but we want to honor him in a very special and significant way next Sunday at 2 o'clock. We'll start in the Grand Lobby. Be sure and bring presents and your presence. And you all can figure that one out. Bring presence and your presence. We want to honor him with extravagance, encourage you to join us to do that. He is worthy of that honor and double honor. So you be sure and join us next Sunday at two o'clock, beginning in the Grand Lobby. Um, then again, uh, we'll talk about this more in a moment, but we are a church that prays together. Uh, I long to pray for you. And uh, if you will take one of those blue cards at the end of the row, if you're a guest, you filled that out and you'll be asked to put it in the offering boxes as you leave. Uh, but uh, whoever you are in this room, member for 80 years or first-time guest, uh, encourage you to take that blue card on the blank side, write down any specific prayer request that you would have me pray for you. Whatever that request may be, 
Uh, you can sign your name. You don't have to sign your name, and you can feel free to write anything uh, that, uh, that is on your heart to ask me to pray for you about. Um, and uh, and uh, Tuesdays are the days that I usually dedicate a bulk of that day just praying for those needs. And so I encourage you, I want to pray for you. In fact, uh, I have two primary callings as a pastor, any pastor of any church, two primary callings. The first is to preach the word and the second is to pray for the people. And so help me fulfill my calling and also give me the honor and the privilege as you uh, 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 feel appropriate to pray specifically for you. So you write down those prayer requests, you put them in the offering box as you leave and they will get to me. Uh, also, we pray together every day. And at one o'clock, I want you to set your calendar, set your watches, set your, uh, your devices, uh, put it on sticky notes, put it on your forehead or whatever you need to do, write it on your hand in permanent ink one o'clock every day, I'll invite you to join the church in praying for at least one minute. And we're going to pray for this one thing. I want to invite you to pray at one o'clock for one minute for the people in your life group. Uh, take a moment and uh, jot down the names of the people in your life group, those that you can remember. You should know them uh, unless you've just joined them. Uh, but write down as many names or describe their faces or whatever you need to do. Uh, if they're in your life group at one o'clock, take one minute and pray for those people in your life group. Uh, if you're not part of a life group, immediately following this worship gathering, go to the grand lobby and get connected to a life group. It is so essential uh, as we, as followers of Christ, do what God wants us to do and live uh, the life that he's called us to live as his sons and daughters uh, to be connected with a group of people where we can be family together. Uh, so uh, connect to a life group. If you're not hardly there, uh, look in the row, of, find six people around you right now. Just find six people around you. If you don't have a life group, and you, uh, then here's who you pray for. You pray for the people to your left and to your right. Pick six of them. You might say, well, I don't know their name. It's a great opportunity to meet somebody. Uh, not now because I'm preaching and I don't like you talking while I'm preaching. I'm just joking. Y'all do it anyway. That's okay. I'd rather you talk than sleep. That's all I've got to say. Uh, doesn't bother me anyway. Uh, but uh, the names of the people around you, if you're not connected to the life group, get the names of the people around you and commit to pray for them. And again, you don't have to ask personal questions. God knows. And the key for us is if we do this and if we commit ourselves to pray for one another as the Bible gives us that commandment, then we will uh, be a healthier church because of it. So we pray together one o'clock for one minute for the people in our life group or the people around us. Let's pray for one another. Uh, we also pray together uh, this Tuesday night at 6.30, we're meeting in the chapel, and we will be praying together as a family of faith. Join us there. We would love for you to join us as we uh, set aside uh, 60 minutes and bring before the Lord petitions and needs, requests, bold prayers, asking for God to do great things. Uh, we pray together. Whew. How was that? Was that good? We'll stop right there. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Uh, do you know that there are four specific 
New Year's resolutions that are the same every year. The top four resolutions are the same. Uh, They may change order and priority year to year, but there are four basic New Year's resolutions that people make if you're a resolution-making sort. Those four resolutions are these. One, I will eat healthy. Nix that one. I ain't doing it. Number two, I will um, exercise more. Number three, I will spend less money. And then number four, I will lose a bunch of weight. Those are the four basic New Year's resolutions that people make every year. And it's important, if you're going to meet any of those resolutions, you've got to have a plan. And you develop a plan to accomplish those goals. We don't naturally spend less money. We don't naturally eat less food or healthier food. We don't naturally exercise more. We don't naturally lose a lot of weight at our age. And so, if you're going to accomplish any of those resolutions, you need to have a plan. And the premise is, if, if uh, this is what's going to lead to a great life or a better life or a, a more enjoyable day, etc., uh, then we need a plan to get us to that healthier place. And that's not bad. That's good. Do you realize that God has established a plan for your life and for this church? And so many churches around us are doing Vision Sundays, and although you're going to hear some vision over the next several weeks, really, I just want us to do what we know to do that the Bible tells us to do. That's the vision. If we will commit ourselves to follow God's plan. Now, where do we find God's plan? Well, it's found in uh, the the, the pages of Scripture, from Genesis 1 to Revelation uh, 21, we find 22, you find God's plan. And God's plan can be centralized in one big theme, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is simply this. The kingdom of God is God's rule in God's realm and in God's people. That's the kingdom of God. And from Genesis 1, we see God's realm. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything is God's realm. And so he is ruling over all things. He is sovereign over everything. But he's also ruling over his people. Now, here's the question. Are you part of his people? God's rule in God's realm and in God's people. The question we have to ask is, am I God's people? Well, you might say, well, of course I am. I'm at church or I'm watching online. Of course I'm God's people. Well, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. We don't get to say I'm God's people because I showed up in a church building any more than I can say I'm a dog because I live in a doghouse. If I live in a doghouse, that doesn't change my identity. I'm still a man, a human being. If I come into a church building, that does not make me God's people. It gives you a good shot, but it does not make you God's people. We looked at this at the end of 2022 
uh, that in the fullness of time, uh, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, that he might redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. Adoption into God's family comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Adoption into God's family happens when we abandon our sin, repent our sin, place our trust in Jesus, who died on a cross for our sin, was raised from the dead to give us new life. When we give ourselves to Jesus in that moment, the Spirit of God takes up residence within us so that we are then drawn into God's family. He says, you are no longer a stranger, you are now part of my family. But the only way you get to be God's people is through that wondrous transaction of God's grace. Are you God's people? And if you are God's people, you are not saved merely to escape hell and to make heaven. If you are God's people, you were saved and I was saved so that we might live out God's plan and purpose in his kingdom. The why of your life is not, I'm going to escape hell and make heaven. The why of my life, I'm not going to escape hell and make heaven, although that's true because I'm God's people. The why of my life is to step into God's plan revealed in his kingdom. So when Jesus starts telling the parables of the kingdom in Mark chapter 4, he's giving us the why of our life and the why of our church. The why of our church is spelled out over the next several verses, not only the parable of the soils that we'll look at this morning, but also the other parables that we'll look at for the rest of the month. We're looking at the why of our church and the why of our life. So let's begin with the parable of the soils, Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read all of these, uh, all these verses, 4, 1 through 20. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Thank you. Yes. I love it. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And again, Jesus began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Uh, the picture of that passage is, I'm, I'm in a boat, and y'all are on dry land. So Jesus is in a boat teaching the people, right? All right, okay. Verse two, then Jesus taught them many things by parables. Here's what a parable is. A parable is a story that Jesus tells to inspire and to exhort and to command the church, the people of God, God's people, to step into God's purpose, his plan, the work of his kingdom. Okay, that's why we have parables, all right? So he told him a parable. Verse three, listen, he said. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell on the wayside, and birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and, yield, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixtyfold, and some a hundredfold. And he said to them, let he who has ears, let him hear. 
But when he was alone, those around him with the, uh, with the 12 asked Jesus about the parable. And he said, to you, it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. To you, he's talking about the people who are God's people, the people who are in God's family, people who are actually following Christ, not, not careless or casual observers of Jesus, but actually people who are committing their lives to Jesus. He says, to you, it's been known, uh, it's been granted to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Let me just, that's a quotation from Isaiah chapter 9. What Jesus is saying here is if you are part of God's family, the parables are instructed because you're part of God's family and the Spirit of God resides within you. But if you're on the outside, if you're a casual uh, or a uh, uh, merely a spectator of Jesus, if you're not committed to him with your whole heart, then you don't have any understanding. And the hope is that there will be a time where you come to under conviction of your sin that separates you from God. You embrace Jesus as your only hope. Now that's the goal. But until then, those who are part of God's family can understand parables because the spirit of God resides within us. Those who are not part of God's family cannot understand uh, what Jesus teaches because they are spiritual things, and the Spirit of God does not reside within those who are not followers of Jesus. Make sense? Thought I had to explain that. All right, verse 13. So Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then can you understand all the parables? So he begins to explain the parable beginning in verse 14. He says, the sower sows the word. And the ones who are sown by the wayside where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Uh, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when trouble or persecution arises for the sake of the word, immediately they are scandalized or they stumble. Verse 18, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches uh, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear and keep on hearing the word, those who welcome and keep on welcoming the word, and those who bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So as we look at this parable of the soils, I want us to see kind of the big, big idea, okay? The big idea of the parable, and, and I think most parables, maybe not all of them, most parables have one big idea. The big idea of this parable is that if you're part of God's family, if you're a son or daughter of God, if you are the church that God has established, then we must step into God's great work of his kingdom. We are called by God, Jesus here in this parable, Jesus teaches this parable, that because we are sons and daughters, no longer spectators of Jesus, we are sons and and daughters of God, then we are called to step into the great work of God's kingdom. 
So the question that really confronts us as followers of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, it's not going to confront you at all. I hope the gospel confronts you, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not son or daughter of God, then, then the, the parable's not going to make too much sense, any at all. But if you're son or daughter, here's the question. Have you stepped into the great work of God's kingdom? Again, we weren't saved so that we might escape this mortal realm and enter the delights of heaven. That, that's, that's wonderful, and it's a reward, but that's not the goal. The goal of our salvation, the goal that we were made drawn from darkness is so that we might live for God. The reason of this church, the why of this church is not that we might uh, have a cultural kind of cocoon where we are uh, uh, protected from all the wiles of those in the world. That, that's not even, we'll look at this later, but that's not even what the scripture teaches. But the reason, the why of this church is that we might step into the great work of God's kingdom. And what this parable does, it shows us the great work and how we can step into it. So how can we get a plan so that we fulfill our calling, so that we uh, live up to the salvation that we've received, so that we, the church, might be the church? I was standing out in the hallway a few minutes ago, and um, uh, the service had already started, and I said, well, let's get in there, and let's go, time to go to church. I was joking because, you know, sort of. But and one smart aleck parent out there said, we are the church. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. No, that was precisely right. We are the church. I'm not the church alone. You're not the church alone. We are the church. So please understand, if we're going to have a fruitful 2023 First Norfolk, it's because each one of us leave aside the spectator sport of, of casually observing Jesus, and we take up our role, our calling to be the church. Step into God's great work, the work of his kingdom. So what does that look like? Well, first, if we're going to step into the work of God's great kingdom, if we're going to do that as a church and as a follower of Jesus, the first step that we find here in this parable is we need to listen to Jesus. If one of my children say, Dad, listen, or I have a granddaughter, her name is Nora. If she were to say, first one of 2023, there you go. If Nora were to say, listen, Poppy, listen. My goodness, if my wife were to say, Eric, listen. That, that's not just some casual statement. That's a statement that, that denotes urgency, importance, priority. Verse 3, Jesus said, listen. He said, we better pay attention to this. And verse 9, he says, uh, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, friends, I cannot, I cannot overemphasize the priority and the importance of you and me listening to Jesus. It, it's not just listening here. It's listening with ears that receive and then obey. 
You know, all of us do a pretty good job of hearing. If I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys or the Tennessee Volunteers on, uh, on, on uh, the big screen and, and uh, one of my family members were to say some important thing, I, I might say, yeah, 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 yeah. I might even hear the words they say, but it doesn't sink any lower than my, my auditory nerves. I mean, that's it's where it stops. But then if they stop and say, listen, Daddy, listen, Poppy, listen, Eric. And I get up. I, what? All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again. So that I can receive it. So that I can hear it. So that I can do it. Friends, uh, simple. Husbands, if your wife ever says, listen, you best Listen. I'm just giving you, I'm giving you a clue to a happy marriage. We need to listen to Jesus. Not only because he is the king of glory, not only because he's the one who died for our sin, was rose again, uh, risen again, not only because uh, he is our life, we listen to Jesus because he literally has the words that give us life. We listen to him because he instructs us and our church in how to go and how to be productive and fruitful. In Matthew chapter 7, and Jesus had just finished the Sermon on the Mount. You know the Sermon on the Mount, chapter Matthew 5 through 7. Jesus has this long, the longest sermon uh, in Scripture. It's, it's this long sermon and and Jesus is, is preaching, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, uh, blessed are those who uh, hunger and thirst, uh, blessed are those who suffer and are persecuted. Um, uh, that's the Sermon on the Mount. And after all these instructions, Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount with these words. He says, now listen, begin verse 21, Matthew 7, uh, 21. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. I compare him to a wise person who builds his house upon the rock. And the rains come and the winds blow and the floodwaters rise and the house stands. Because it's built on the solid foundation of the words of Jesus. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, I compare him to a person who builds his life, his house, his family, his church on the sand. And the winds come and the, uh, and the rains uh, descend and the floodwaters rise and the house falls because it's built on a faulty foundation. There's only one solid foundation that leads us to courage in crazy days, to comfort in chaotic times, to commitment to the calling of our life, and that is the words of Jesus that we find from Genesis to Revelation, the instruction he gives us, the commands he gives us, the promises he gives us. We need to listen to Jesus. The loudest voice in the ears of our church must be the voice of of Jesus. But what are you listening to? What's the loudest voice in your heart? If we're, as a church, if we're going to step into God's great work, it's as we listen to Jesus. But not only do we listen to Jesus, we step into God, the great work of God's kingdom 
not only when we listen to Jesus, but also when we share his word in our world. Um, begin verse 14, Jesus begins uh, interpreting the, uh, the, the parable that he told. And in interpretation, he says, the sower sows the word. The word there is uh, Genesis to Revelation. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is Mark 1, 15, the good news of the kingdom of God. It is uh, the, 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 the promises of God, but also the judgments of God. It's everything we find in the Psalms and Proverbs, things we find in Job or Revelation. It is the word. And our command is to share the word. And for those of us who are walking in our world, you're going to work tomorrow, going to school this week, um, uh, you're going to the grocery store, you're going to play a round of golf, wherever you are, the mandate to you as a kingdom citizen is to share the word. We spent several weeks going through three circles, learning how we can share the gospel with someone else. Helping people to understand that sin separates them from God and they can't fix that problem. They're broken inside and broken uh, and they can't make themselves whole, but God sent Jesus to our rescue to fix our brokenness through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead so that through faith and repentance we can be rescued and, and, and our broken life made whole. We, we've talked about this, and so I want to encourage you, please understand, you, like Jesus, go to sow the Word. And we sow the Word, and there's almost an indiscriminate kind of sowing. So often we like to sow the word with people that we hope, believe, are going to be more receptive to it. Nothing wrong with that, but we're also supposed to sow the word with those who reject it outright. There are three types of soil that aren't very receptive to the word. Uh, the, the, the soil on the wayside, the where Satan comes and snatches away the seed immediately and the, so, uh, the, 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 the soil that is more stony ground than not where it doesn't take any root and the word dissipates and then the soil among thorns and it's choked out. Um, the word is choked out. But the goal is to share the word so that it hits the good soil. And it takes root and people receive and keep on receiving here and keep on hearing the word and it changes their life. We must share the world, word in our world. Now, wherever you go, there's an opportunity. Wherever I go, there's an opportunity. And to step into the work of God's kingdom means that I have my eyes and my ears and my heart and my hands and my voice tuned to the opportunity to talk to someone about the good news of God's great love. Again, we want more people in the kingdom. In Palestine or in southwest Virginia or wherever you are, if you have a farm, a working farm that does soybeans, 
or corn or sorghum or something like that. You, you, that's, your, that's your job. It, it's, it's harvesting wheat or corn. Uh, you might wake up in the morning bright and early so that you can feed the cows and the pigs and the chicken. You might, uh, you might clean the stalls of the barn or, uh, or you might uh, fix a broken rail on a fence, but that's not the why of your day. The why of your day is sowing seed because without seed, there is no harvest. In the same way as a church, so many things that we can do, so many things that we focus in on and lean into and think this is important. And it might be important, but it's not the why of the church and it's not the why of your life or mine. See, the why is sowing the seed of the Word. The why of this church is sowing the seed of the Word. The why of your life and mine as sons and daughters of God, as citizens of His kingdom. The why of our life is to sow the Word, to share the Word in our world. So many of us wake up and we feel so dissatisfied with our Christian walk. And I think part of that is because we're missing the why. We must share the word in our world. So we step into the great work of God's kingdom when we listen to Jesus. It's the greatest voice that we have. When we share the word in our world, it's the why of our life. And thirdly, it's a different angle when we welcome the word in our hearts. I want you to look at verse 20 specifically. And these are the ones that we aspire to be as followers of Jesus. This is, this is what it looks like when we are kicking on all cylinders as followers of Christ and as the church. This is what it looks like when we're fulfilling our calling. These are the ones sown on good ground. They hear and they keep on hearing the word. They welcome and they keep on welcoming the word. And they bear fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Winnie the Pooh, great theologian. Winnie the Pooh said this. He said, if the person you are talking to appears not to listen, be patient. It may be he simply has fluff in his ears. If you think about the parable of the soils in this way, Jesus is sowing his word to us even now. And as he describes the various soils, we aspire to be the good soil. But as I looked at this parable and I began to think, man, I'm, I'm not always the good soil. You have the soil that is uh, sown on the wayside, and it's, uh, this is the casual observer of Jesus who pretends or acts or by name says, I'm a follower of Jesus, but, but this, the word was sown, and quickly Satan comes, immediately Satan comes and snatches away the word, and it bears no fruit. So much so that that person is the one who is opposed to the word of God. 
Please understand, when you and I as followers of Jesus stand in opposition to the Word of God, we are standing in opposition to God Himself. We just need to hear this. When we as followers of Jesus or anybody, when we stand in opposition to the Word of God, we're standing in opposition to God Himself. If you had to put it on teams, it would be Team Jesus or Team Satan. When we stand in opposition to the Word of God, we are Team Satan, not Team Jesus. Oh, that we, First Norfolk, would not be that first soil. Are you standing in opposition to the Word of God? The second soil... Um, the, the soil on uh, uh, stony ground. Um, the, the, this is the person or the church that hears the Word of God and gladly receives it. So uh, I finished preaching this. You've opened the Word. You've heard from Jesus, and, and you walk out, and you say to me, Preacher, man, that was great! And you get to Denny's, and you forget all about it. Takes no root. You're in your prayer closet, and God, by His Spirit, convicts you and compels you, says, this is how you need to live your life. This is what you need to set aside. This is what you need to pursue. And I know, the Spirit of God says, I know if you obey God's Word in this, there are people at work going to call you crazy. There are people in your school that say you're a fanatic. There are people in your neighborhood that say that you're dogmatic. But you need to live this way anyway, according to the Word. And you, you read that and you are inspired in your prayer closet by the Word of God to obey it, but you get up and you go to work and you start living it and all of a sudden people saying all kinds of ugly about you because you are following the Word of God. And you stop. Tough times and troubling moments cause you to abandon the Word of God. Let's not be that kind of soil. The third kind of soil is the one I identify with most, just to be honest. If I'm not the good soil, I'm the third soil. Listen to the third soil. The third soil is where I know what God wants in His Word, He's told me. I know how to live tomorrow. I know how to live today. I know how to live next week. I know what God wants from me. And He reminds me because I hear His Word and I keep hearing His Word and I welcome His Word and I keep welcoming His Word, but there are so many thorns in my life. He describes them like this. The concerns of this age could be anxieties of this age, could be fears of this age, could be affections for this age. The concerns of this age, the deceitfulness of riches the desire for other things. These are the thorns that, that surround me. And so I say, oh my goodness, yes, I, 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 want to, I want to share the word or I want to live according to this precept that God has given me in his word and, and I want to live that out. But here's this desire I have. A desire for lesser things or things opposite to what God's word teaches. So I'm going to chase that and it's going to choke out the word, and I am unfruitful. Friends, there's no way you can chase God and chase 
the dollar at the same time. Deceitfulness of riches. There's no way that you can live with a priority concern for the things of this age, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. If it's of this age and that is your primary concern, you'll be unfruitful. I, I meddle a little bit. I've, I've already taken too much time. Let me take a little more. The concerns of this age, if you are more concerned about who got voted in as the uh, speaker of the House of Representatives than you are how you spoke for the King of Glory this week, you're being choked out. We, we need to be very clear what kind of heart we have. And my prayer for all of us in this room, because it, the, collectives, the collective hearts of all who are the church called First Norfolk, this, man, this is who we are. I'm praying for you. I pray the Spirit of God would reveal to you and to me whenever I sink into those other soils, because the soil I want to be is that fourth soil, the good soil. I want to have that good soil kind of heart, that hears the Word of God and keeps on hearing the Word of God, that welcomes with open arms the Word of God and keeps on welcoming with open arms the Word of God and lives it out every day. Oh, that we would be that people. Because that's where fruitfulness comes. When we, the church, each one of us individual, but when we, the church, when we give ourselves wholeheartedly to the Word of God, then we will be fruitful for the kingdom of God. And that is our why. So, as we close today, here's my challenge to us, an invitation to us. See, I'm, I'm praying, oh God, will you by your spirit apply your word so that I might hear the voice of Jesus above every other voice, so that I might share the word with others, so that I might welcome your word and it change my life and I be and I become fruitful for your kingdom's sake. God, will you do that in me? Will you do that in our church? And my question is, will you join me in that prayer? Will you join me in that commitment? Again, being part of the church is not about being a spectator to what everybody else is doing. Being a part of the church is being committed to the call of God in service to the kingdom of God and its wondrous work. Will you listen to Jesus? To listen to Jesus means you've got to spend time in his word. I want to encourage you, worship weekly with us. Go to Life Group weekly. Open God's word 
with others so that his word might take root in your heart so that you might hear it again and again so that you might welcome it again and again. Worship every week, not once every four weeks, not once every six weeks, not once every two weeks, but every week commit as best you can. Oh God, help for me to sit under the teaching and the preaching of your word. Listen, share. We have opportunities to share the word with others. And and again, you you can have that conversation. We have as one of our uh, core values as a church to make uh, friends, or one of the activities of our church, make uh, friends, family through a conversation, a gospel conversation, helping people understand how that they can move from darkness to light. Uh, Commit yourself every day. God, uh, give me the opportunity and I will have the conversation. I will talk with you, uh, talk with someone else about you and help them understand the good news of the kingdom of God. But it's not just conversation. Sometimes it's as simple as an invitation where we leave this place and we're thinking, how can I invite someone to join me for church next week where they can hear the good news? Will you share the word? Finally, will you welcome the word? The the only way we can step into the great work of God's kingdom is if we submit ourselves to God and to his word. Submission is the key. Do you, will you treasure God's word as the rule for your life and for your faith? So important for, for God's word to be the roadmap of our life. For it to be the plumb line, the true north of our life. Will you join me in treasuring God's word as the rule for our life and for our faith? You know, this week I really do pray that hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of First Norfolk family will embark upon this kingdom adventure, stepping into the flow of God's great plan, committed to the calling that he has given us, Because when we do, God brings the increase. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Some of you here today, and you're not yet a follower of Christ. You're not a son or a daughter of God. You're a casual observer of Jesus or the things of God, but you have not committed your life to Him. You haven't crossed that line of faith where you've received the forgiveness of your sin by believing on Jesus and his sacrifice for your sin and his resurrection to give you new life. If that's who you are today, if, if, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I beg you today to choose Christ. And if that's your heart's desire and it's pounding right now and you're ready to receive Christ in a minute when we stand to sing, there are going to be ministers here at the front. You come and say, today I need to choose Jesus. Today I need to be a, become a son or a daughter of God. Can you help me? For those in this church family who are here, sons and daughters of God, 
maybe you need to come to the altar and confess as I have this week the different soils that you've allowed to predominate your heart. Maybe you just need to come and say, yeah, the concerns of this age, the deceitfulness of riches or the desire for other things has choked out the word. God, I I confess that and I repent of it. Maybe you need to come at the altar, ask one of the pastor's ministers to pray over you. But friends, today's the day that can mark a great change, not only in your life, but in the direction of God's kingdom in this church. So let's commit ourselves and let's be faithful. Oh God in heaven, as we have gathered in your name, I pray that you would be glorified, that you would draw to yourself those whom you are calling. Give us the courage to step into the great work of your kingdom. May your voice, O oh Christ, be the loudest voice resounding in our heart. And may we listen. Now be glorified as we worship you in these moments. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.